Hi, this is Benny Friedman from Yeshivat Oraita speaking for Mizrahi's daily dose of the daf. We're in a Ketubot on Daf Kuftes, the 109th folio of the tractate of Ketubot. Fascinating Mishnah. Posek ma'ot l'chatano. If a fellow promises, commits to a dowry for a future son-in-law, upasot lo regal. And he, he goes bankrupt, or he leaves for parts unknown and disappears. So the bride is waiting to get married. The dowry has been promised. But the person who's committed to giving the dowry is no longer committed. So the Mishnah says the chassan, the groom, can hold out until the father makes good. However, Admon, supported by the way by Rebbe Gamliel, says that she can argue it wasn't her deal. She didn't make the promise. And the chatan, the prospective groom, has to decide either he wants to marry her or he has to let her go from her commitment. So this raises a number of interesting points. First of all, it appears that Mishnah looks at marriage as a commitment, as a transaction of sorts. We look at marriage more based on love, emotion, feeling, mutual respect. Where does this come into the deal? It's fascinating that 2,000 years ago, by the way, the Rambam Paskins, the Rambam, in fact, rules according to Admon, supported by Rambam Liel, as does the Shulchan Aruch, in Hilchos Ishus, in the laws uh, related to marriage, women, etc., says, Aposek Mos Lechatano, quotes this exact halach, and says that the Chatan doesn't have the right to hold his wife in abeyance. So, so what does this mean? So I would suggest that there are two things to think about. First of all, marriage, in fact, is a give and take. Marriage takes commitment. It's fascinating that this particular stage of relationship, the stage preceding marriage, is called erosin. Now, what we do today is not exactly the same as erosin. We call it engagement, but people break their engagement all the time. According to many postkim and shonim, if a person gets betrothed, erosin, which is the stage before nisuin, before marriage, you actually need a get. A couple who breaks that off needs a divorce. And yet, the couple is still forbidden to each other. They're not actually allowed to be married yet. In fact, this is such a serious commitment that today, for the most part, we do this under the chuppah. The original bracha, the first cup of wine that the, the rabbi makes, the blessing, under the chuppah, right? That blessing is actually erosin. Why do we need two different stages? Erosin is the point where a couple decides that they're now forbidden to everybody else. They have decided to commit to each other. And commitment has to be based on responsibilities. Right? They take upon themselves certain responsibilities, which, which reflects their commitment. They limit themselves from anybody else. This woman now cannot have relations with anybody else. But she's not yet permitted to her future husband, nor is he. The idea being that first I limit myself, but once I limit myself to one person, then with that person I can then discover unlimitedness. It's very similar to our relationship with Hashem, right? One of the primary mitzvot in Judaism is that a person is not allowed to pursue paganism, idolatry. Because if you have two gods, you really have no god. It's precisely the ability to limit ourselves to one relationship that allows us to discover unlimitedness within that relationship. Something to think about on the daily dose of the death.